Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for 31 years. We're marriage counselors, and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Today, Greg, we're tackling communication in a marriage and how essential it is to communicate clearly with your spouse. We have this great tool called Heart Talk um, that's so helpful to understanding and really communicating clearly with your spouse. Yeah, and we've used this idea of Heart Talk for a long, years. long time. Years in and years. Recently, remember we were in Malaysia uh-huh. teaching this idea of Heart Talk. And we decided to use a, a story that we've told a million yeah, times. Yeah, like we'd been married like six months, uh-huh. so we we're just telling the story we've told many times as a way to then explain heart talk. Mm-hmm. And what 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 so stood out to me is that although we've shared the story a bazillion times, thirty some years ago it happened, I actually learned something new about you, and I and and I think that you learned something knew about me as we just kind of heart talked through this story from our past. Yes, it was funny because we were up on this stage and the screen was right behind us, this huge screen. And we had the steps to speaker listener to heart talk, the different roles that you each play. And we were actually finding ourselves standing under one of the roles. And so wherever we were standing yeah. is the role we kind of stepped into. And it became such a clear example in a clear picture of what each role was supposed to do. Yeah. So the the story, just real quickly, we were um, busy. I was in graduate school. and We just hadn't been connecting. There had been some conflict. And so a good friend of ours just told us to go up into the mountains of Colorado and just picnic and enjoy each other. But mm-hmm. then member said there was There's like one, one rule. rule. And between Greg and I, one of us is more of a rule follower <laughs> me, than, than the other. And you can just imagine who is the rule follower. Me. That would be me. Oh. Um, I know Greg likes to dream that he's the rule follower, but he is not. Um, so he told us to go up in the mountains, one rule, no conflict. He said, do not talk about any hot topics because those hot topics will be at home waiting for you. So just go and enjoy the day. So we set off on our adventure and didn't take long for someone to break a rule. <laughs> and, and, and that was the, the problem. I never tried to break a rule. I was not trying to violate what our friend had told us you know, not to do. But I was just trying to be funny or lighthearted around a pretty sensitive, funny, mm-hmm. funny around a pretty sensitive issue. So we just get into this huge argument. So here in Malaysia a few weeks ago, we're using this story as a way to demonstrate this idea mm-hmm. of heart talk. What was so interesting, again, this is a story that happened 30 some years ago, and we've never really done a heart talk around well, this to kind of to, deeply explore. Yeah, we've used it to as an example for heart talk, but we've really never taken time to break down and actually apply what we're teaching in heart talk, yeah. which is funny. I don't know why we've never done that. Yeah, so they're standing on the stage. I start, I, I think I was the speaker first, so I think you were the listener. And so I just started to share, you know, hey, as, as we were driving and we're singing and listening to music and I was just trying to 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 be funny. I genuinely was just trying to be playful, thinking mm. that this would be funny and that you would laugh, I would laugh and we'd keep going on. And so when 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 you got upset, when you got hurt, when you were frustrated with me, it just I ended up feeling very misportrayed. 
Like I was trying to break some rule when really all along I was just trying to be playful with you. And so again, you you did a great job of repeating that yes, back up on stage. It back and letting you know that I was hearing you, but then I shared that I felt disrespected. Um, just, you know, because we had these rules and we weren't supposed to break them. Well, and especially right around the, the particular issue that I was being playful around. Right. Totally. It was very, very sensitive. Yes. So it just felt for you that just it was very disrespected. super disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the essence of heart talk is just when it, it's, it's a method to allow us to go deeper in understanding mm-hmm. to where we really can talk about what was going on. Yeah. And, yeah. and what I love about it, even taking something from 30 years ago that mm-hmm. we've we told this story uh, so many times, we had new insight and awareness and a deeper understanding of what was really going on for well, each other. Well, and I felt so heard. Yeah, me Because too. the methodology works. Yeah. So many times couples, when I teach them this method in my office, um, they'll say it feels so robotic and so structured. And I'm like, yes, it is. But... Let me tell you, it works. And if you can come up with something that works better, great. But there isn't anything. This, it just slows communication down so much to where you are verifying that you're hearing the other person based on how you repeat it back to them. And then they get to decide if you got it right, if you heard what they were trying to communicate. Because typically, we are miscommunicating. 70% of the time, we're miscommunicating. So slowing it down and repeating it back is so effective to really battle that. Yeah. And and obviously, all of us within marriage, within relationships, communication is going to be a challenge. We, we see these with the couples that take our marriage assessment. So we have this free marriage assessment that you can go, and it's going to one of the things that will show you is how you guys do as a couple around your communication. It's going to give you some insights in what, what you do well and also some ways that you can grow as great communicators. Yeah, and you can find the information for the marriage assessment in the show notes. Yeah, we've got some great segments coming up. Later on, Aaron and I are going to share some stories from our Hope Restored Marriage Intensive Program. We're also going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, How can she help her husband feel safe and open up, especially within their communication? Mm. But first, we had a great conversation with our friends Matt and Angel Rigsby about how they learned to communicate through our Hope Restored Intensive. Let's listen to the conversation that Greg and I had with Matt and Angel. talk about what was it like when you went to Hope Restored and what did you really take away um, from Hope Restored and from your experience there? I think for me, I learned how to communicate. You know, when we are asked who taught us how to communicate, when we think about it, we're like, well, I guess my mom and dad or maybe TV, but did they really teach me the correct way? And I really feel like Hope Restored taught us how to communicate and do it the right way. Mm. And, and is it more like it, when we say communicate, it can mean so many different things. Was it that we learned how to talk at a deeper emotional level or was we mm-hmm. learned how to talk through conflict or what What was it that you feel like you walked away with? I think both. Okay. For me, I understood that I had emotions and I understood where they came from, or at least it started me on a journey to navigate where they came from. So that was life-changing for me. 
Um, then when we got home, it was, let's put this to practice. And it was understanding that listener speaker method, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. when we would have conflict before, it would always be us just kind of lashing out with our words at each other. While he was talking, I was formulating what I was going to say, but I wasn't really listening <laughs> to him. Speaker waiting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, therefore, it didn't go well, and we knew it wasn't working. So then after Hope Restored, we came back with this new sense of understanding mm-hmm. truly how to communicate on that deeper level with our emotions. And then going from there, it was, I'm going to really seek to understand rather than be understood. Mm. And that was something that we had said even before we went to Hope Restored. But after Hope Restored, it was like there was this understanding. It helped us put into perspective that whole saying of, you know, and doing, you know, let's seek to understand rather than be understood, if that mm. makes sense. And then you also learned about work talk, right? So oh, you yes. learned about heart talk and work talk. Do you guys still utilize that too? Oh, absolutely. We utilize those things every day in our marriage. You know, something that, that uh, we use for conflict and even just making decisions. And, yeah. and um, it's, it was pivotal in how we communicate. Mm. And we probably should have asked you this as a way of beginning our conversation, but mm-hmm. maybe paint a picture. What was going on before you went to Hope Restored? So probably there was something that wasn't working or something had happened. So kind of share what was going on. Do you want to tell the story? <laughs> so for us, it was really just communication. We really didn't know how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this, we had a situation where we had this dog. And both of our children were allergic so to the dogs. The key word is had. had. We had. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Okay. We had this dog. And, and both of our children were allergic to dogs. Oh, gosh. But this was a, supposed to be a hyperallergenic dog. At least we uh, thought this was. Like a little golden was. doodle I like know. we are. Oh, was it a golden doodle? No. Oh. It was like, like a wire hair terrier. <laughs> okay, okay. And I don't think it was <laughs> hypoallergenic after all. Oh, gosh. We were lied to. <laughs> Not at the level we thought we thought it was. But... In this, you know, we're seeing our children get sick, and I'm like, we have got to get rid of this dog. And Angel's thinking, well, I don't want to, you know, make our children upset at us, you know, years later, hey, you got rid of my dog. And I'm like, who <laughs> cares? Dog to feel abandoned. Major and, wounds because yeah. of the dog. <laughs> yes, we, just don't want our dog, we don't want our children to, to you know, go to the hospital, be sick, go you through know, those types of things. Yeah. It's like, hey, we need to put it into this. Let's just get rid of the dog. You know, at the time, we're like, we can just throw them on Craigslist. Uh, that's when Craigslist was <laughs> a thing. And, yeah. you know, and, and she's like, no, we can't do that. And I'm like, no, we're going to do that. And so we fought over that for like three weeks. Oh, wow. That was like the big tense thing that we were going through <laughs> at the time. Well, and it was funny because of our conflict style. I wanted to talk about it. And Matt wanted to just say, Here's we're going to put decision. him on. Yeah. Exactly. This yeah. is the decision. We're, we've settled it, or at least I've settled it, so it should be settled for you as well. And then he would walk out of the room, and I would follow him from room to room uh-huh. to room, saying, no, we need to talk about this. And I had a passion about this, and I had some emotions and some feelings that I didn't realize. And so therefore... And I'm just like, no, it's done. This is what we're doing. It's over with. Let's move on. You know, let's get, yeah. get rid of the dog. And then we went to Hope Restored, <laughs> and it was there that we learned how to work out this conflict about mm. this dog. I know it sounds ridiculous over a dog, but... But it was cool because in that, 
when we got to understand our uh, reactive cycle and what we were truly feeling and, and these false beliefs that we were bringing into the relationship, yeah. that was huge. Like what were those? For those. Yeah. Yeah. For like specifically? Yeah. 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 For so what was getting stirred up and triggered? Uh, and For me, it was, it was failure. So like we've... We brought this dog into your home, into your life, and now you've got to get rid of it. Or, you know, our kids are sick because of this dog we brought in. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, for me, it was we had a four-year-old at the time, and this dog was like his best friend. Oh, yeah. The dog was very hyper, and the only person. yeller. (laughs) Yeah. The only person in our family who could calm him down was our son, Micah. And he would pet that dog and he would just calm right down. And so, of course, when Matt is talking about getting rid of this dog, I'm not looking at the doctor bills and the fact that our kids are sick, which is kind of crazy because I'm the woman in the relationship. Most moms are looking at their children and their health and, you know, all that. Not me. I'm thinking about when Mike is 15, he's going to rebel against us because we got rid of his best friend. I know that's crazy thinking, but that's really what I thought. You were worrying about his emotional health. I was worrying about his emotional health. Exactly. (laughs) And so that's what that failure part was really, really stirring inside of me because I was thinking of the future and how I did not want my children to, or my child to turn against us and turn against God and resent and all the different things that could occur from that. So that's, that was my failure button. And again, rather or not, it makes sense Mm -hmm. because this, the matters of our heart, it's never going to make sense, these emotions, but they're there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's and what matters, us. right? Yeah. Really and do. for me, I think I was feeling the same thing. We both have that emotion that oftentimes gets stirred up okay. by feeling like a failure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But for me, the failure was, well, I don't want our kids getting sick and going to the hospital yeah. and, you know, something worse happening to them. You know, mm-hmm. I care more about my children than I do this stupid dog, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, this is common sense. Let's just get rid of this dog. But it was driven from this place of, if I don't, what could happen? Mm-hmm. So many of our listeners yeah. are just now hating you because you call it a stupid dog. Well, they're, like, I, I, they're, they're like, I don't care about the kids. I care about this dog. And, <laughs> uh, I, I, by the way, I love dogs. Yeah, but just to if I have to choose, you know, I love yeah. my children which way makes more. Sense. That is yeah. true. Exactly. Yes. But going back to what you were saying, Aaron, about what did we get from this? Mm-hmm. And it was that communication piece, tying that whole story up while we were there at Hope Restored. We did this thing, work talk, oh, awesome. and it was how around do we, this issue, around yeah. this mm-hmm. issue, and how do we work through this issue? And we were the first couple to go, and we're talking wow. uh, these things out with these therapists, and it was so cool. What took us three weeks and no resolve? Mm-hmm. Within fifteen mm-hmm. minutes, we had resolved this conflict. Wow! And uh, Dr. Bob Burby asked my wife how do you feel now that you've talked through this, this challenge? And her eyes got real big as she looks at me and she says, well, um, it makes me feel like I want my husband. And right there wow. in front of, of all these other wow. couples. And it the was power so, of heart talk. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and work talk. How about that? <laughs> yeah. And it was so funny because the other four couples in the room, every man raised their hand and says, we're next. We're next. <laughs> <laughs> but well, for, for me, I learned to value this communication piece and coming to my wife and talking through the emotions and the, and the feelings and, and, and going to that deep place with her and then getting to resolve 
coming to a win-win to work talk that we can both win together. Well, I so appreciate Man, Angel and their their honesty, what they've learned, mm-hmm. you know, they're talking about the win-win and the difference that that made in their relationship. But really, it's so important that first and foremost, long before we try to solve and resolve and as a win-win, whatever, you know, we have to, to come to some agreement on, that it's so important to learn how to do this thing called heart talk. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's give some insight into terms of, you know, how do we really do this and make this work? Because even we had to do this the other day. Mm-hmm. We, we, it wasn't a huge argument or battle between us, but... Oh, it was pretty big. All right. I was, <laughs> I was trying to downplay it. So people believe that we can help them, not that we're in all <laughs> no, these conflicts. No, and to be honest, when we get into conflict, it's not like it used to be because we know how to do it differently, but sometimes buttons get pushed and they're big. Yeah. And granted, we know that those buttons are ours to manage individually, yeah. that when something gets triggered within me, it is my job to step away and to really care for my heart and to simmer it down inside because when those things get triggered, we are straight off into fight or flight. So making sure that your heart is open, that you're out of fight or flight, then you can come and heart talk and have a healthy, productive conversation. Yeah. So set up kind of what happened to us the other night. Yeah. So there was extenuating circumstances with our 16-year-old. And so this involved parenting our 16-year-old, which let me just tell you, I know that we are not alone in this. For anyone who has teenagers, I have so many couples coming in, and even with small kids, just parenting differences, parenting styles that vary. And I would say when it comes to parenting, Greg, you are much more laid back. And I am like, nope, we got to instill you know, integrity and rules. And not that you don't want to do that, but you're more laid back in your approach. I'm a little bit more direct. Yes. Well, I'm a little bit more direct in how I want to accomplish that goal. And so that day there had been a situation with Annie and she had not told me, um, we were together all day. She had not told me that she had lost something. And so when I heard that she lost something, I was like, what? And then that she proceeded to not be honest about that when questioned earlier. And not that I was like, had her in the court of law earlier questioning her, but it was, she just bypassed this information and decided at 1030 at night in the middle of me writing a paper, it was time to share that she hadn't been fully honest about what had really happened. Yeah. And this, this kind of thing between you two just it it had gone on for a while and so for whatever reason at some point I thought it was important that I step in and just go okay hey Annie why don't you go down and you get ready for bed you know I'm trying to Create a timeout for well, the both of you. Yes, which, which, which is super effective yeah. because yeah. that's your job to yeah, manage right. me. To referee yeah, my and wife Annie. and daughter. But yeah. I get it. It was 1030 at night and it wasn't the prime time to have a conversation. But what you didn't know is that I'd been with her all day right. and she could have brought this up at any point right. throughout the day. And she chose 1030 yeah. to let me know about what really had happened. So now you and I got into yes. it. So we'll, we'll spare you the, the gory details. And again, it wasn't it wasn't this no. huge thing or 
disrespectful fight. But again, we were frustrated with each other. So the next day, mm-hmm. what we, I feel like we've done better mm-hmm. is that we will say, hey, we need a repair. Like, right. I need a repair. I need a repair. Let's repair what happened last night. Mm-hmm. And so Heart Talk just gives us a, a structure mm-hmm. to do that well. Because what Heart Talk of the Essence is that someone needs to be the speaker and someone's going to be a listener. Mm-hmm. I think for you and I over the, over time, we've learned that there's some important things that we're really trying to do. Mm-hmm. So as the speaker, your role is to, because you've just come out of the, you know, maybe a timeout, uh, stepping away from a disagreement, stepping away to really check in with yourself to figure out what has been triggered, what are you feeling, and really seeking to understand yourself. So when you come back to have a heart talk, your job as the speaker is to share what has happened inside of you. However, typically when we're sharing, what we'll want to do is talk about the other person and what they did that caused us to feel what we're feeling. But instead of doing that, you're just simply sharing through I statements. I mean, it can sound something along the lines of, hey, when you said this, or when you tried to um, referee Annie and my conversation, I felt disrespected. I felt minimized. I felt invalidated. You know, whatever it is that you are experiencing, it's using those I statements. And you, first and foremost, need to care about that before you share it and ask your spouse to care about that. So it's using I statements, caring about what you're feeling, really seeking to understand yourself. And doing that in a way that your spouse can most likely hear you using I statements and I always say short bite-sized pieces because I know I have the propensity when I'm sharing what I'm feeling to use many, 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 many words. And oftentimes I can see Greg's eyes glazing over and rolling back. <laughs> like a shark. Um, falling asleep. Feed. No. So just make sure it's short enough that you don't lose your listener. And you can just watch because you will be able to tell if they're if they're losing it. They're not they're not tracking what you're sharing. Well, in fairness to you, you're more of an external processor. Totally. So part of this for you is maybe you don't even know what was going on or how you really felt. So yes. you're you're thinking all this out loud, trying to make sense of it. To piece it together. Right. I, I need to know what I was feeling, what got triggered before I come right. to engage in a heart talk, yeah. though. And then is is the listener... So I, I'm really giving you good eye contact. I'm, I, I love the phrase, help me to understand. Mm-hmm. Asking you, you know, help me to understand what, what happened last night. It implies there's a curiosity there. Yes. Like I really am interested in going, yeah, help me understand. Something went sideways or we yeah. got into this thing. What, what was going on for you? And then I really want as the listener to, to focus on validating how you felt. So like you're right. You're trying to describe or express your emotions, I'm, that's what I'm really trying to pay attention to. So I heard you say, you know, you felt disrespected. Mm-hmm. And validation means, even if I disagree with that, even if I'm thinking, why, why would that possibly caused you to have felt invalidated or disrespected, whatever, that, that it doesn't matter. Yeah, validation means even if this doesn't make sense for me or not, I value you enough yeah. to go, you know what? Okay, from your perspective, that that makes sense. I could see why you would have yeah. felt that way. So often people feel like they cannot validate their spouse's emotion because A, they don't agree with what right. they're feeling. Uh, B, they don't want their spouse to feel what they're feeling or C, somehow they feel like they have to feel the same way. Yeah. And really all you're doing is 
validating how your spouse is feeling because they have every right to feel whatever they're feeling. You both do. And so it's just entering in and going, makes sense. You're not crazy. I get it. Like that, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Yeah. So what I was trying to do that, then that next morning when we actually did a repair and used Heart Talk is I just start off by going, yeah, help me understand what was going on for you. And then you shared that you'd felt disrespected. So it gave me an opportunity to go, yeah, that, I mean, that that totally makes sense that you would have felt that way. But the best is if I can move into a place of empathy. Like, what would that have felt like for me if Annie and I were, if I'd been with Annie all day and tired, exhausted, she didn't share something, could have shared something. Now I'm learning this. Now I'm frustrated. Like, what would that have felt like? And you're in the middle me. of writing a 10-page paper Yes, for, for your, your doctor. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that that's the gift to give to your spouse is to really enter into his or her shoes. And that, and that happened. Now, again, if we were really going through this, we would have traded places mm-hmm. and you would have been now the listener. I would have been the speaker. But right. all I know is that, that as we did that, really hearing you and what that felt like, especially around feeling disrespected, made so much sense to mm-hmm. me. And we, we were able then to to reconnect. And, that, and that's what I love about Heart Talk, that it, it can it can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a powerful your, it, effect. It just does. You know, if you and your spouse are struggling in your marriage, maybe you're needing a Heart Talk, please check out our Hope Restored Intensive Program. They, they, they will teach you these skills and guide you through them. And it has made such a big difference in so many marriages. Yes, and all the details will be in the show notes. So Greg, I'm so excited to talk about Hope Restored because when marriages are in crisis, when they're stuck, there's nothing like having some hope, getting some hope. And bottom line, what we believe is a marriage can survive on someone else's hope for a season. That's why I love that we call our marriage intensive Hope Restored because it is hope restored in the marriage. The couple can walk away feeling hopeful. Today, we're going to share some stories from people who've attended Hope Restored. So our first story is we came here broken. We have two small children and we were having a hard time seeing any hope for the future. I unknowingly married a porn addict. Within a few months of marriage, I had betrayal trauma, relapses and lies over and over again. I viewed the world through a lens of brokenness, fear, and anxiety, unable to contribute to our marriage. We fought nearly every day, and now, somehow, things have changed. We held each other and sobbed as I said that we have hope and tools. Both of us admitted wrongs worked through past wounds, and changed our perspectives. We have successfully done a work talk and worked through some of our biggest problems without the painful parts. Boy, that's such a powerful reminder that when we use something like even a a heart talk to where we emotionally connect Mm -hmm. heart to heart, then we're able to, like this couple is talking about, that we actually can do a work talk and resolve maybe some of these yes. problems that we've had for a long time or decisions that we need to make. Yeah, and I want to clarify, when there is an addiction in the marriage, it is absolutely necessary that that individual is working through yeah. that because that is in their yard. Right. That is an issue. A porn addiction is something that that individual needs to seek individual healing on. So I'm guessing that that was the situation here that both had done some work. Um, the spouse that's being betrayed within the porn addiction is not responsible 
responsible. So it's making sure that both individuals are healing and on that pathway so they can go and work on the marriage. Yeah, I love that. Well, here's another story. We came here tired of the conflict cycles and really ready to quit. However, we put everything out on the table to be processed in a healthy way. We leave today feeling truly heard and truly known by each other and equipped for the road ahead. Be open to receive a miracle. We experienced one. And that's, that's oh, amazing. I that. that's, I love those goosebumps. stories out of Hope Restored because, of course, we used to do these intensives. Yeah. We actually were part of the team that started this intensive program 20 plus years in Branson, Missouri. And we know what it looks like yeah. when a couple gets a miracle and they walk out two different people. They look physically different as a result of Truly. the work that happens there. So here's another story. This week was truly amazing. After 33 years together, we were at the end of our rope. My husband had already served me with divorce papers a month ago, and we were living in separate houses. But after this week at Hope Restored, we've come away with tools that already have allowed us to communicate our feelings, our wants, and needs. They should really teach these tools in premarital counseling, which we also had 33 years ago. And just on a side note, I can't agree more. <laughs> My husband and I both learned about the care cycle, which really opened up the door for making us realize we need to protect our hearts and learn to step away when it is no longer safe to talk. No matter how broken you feel upon arrival, I can assure you that this next four days will be life-changing. Our group was the best. We will always be grateful to each and every one of them. And that's so true. You know, we never try to go, oh, here's this issue, uh -huh. the same issue as this couple that's put them together in a group. No. I mean, God just orchestrates. Yes. I mean, this is first come, first serve. Totally. And yet he consistently brings the right people together. And those people, right, become... It's like they're best friends. They've known each other now forever yes. in a in a small four-day time span. Yes, but they talk so intimately and vulnerably yeah. about these things that I'm guessing they're not talking to anybody about. The format of Hope Restored in a group intensive allows those things that are in the dark to come yeah. into the light and to literally have community experienced in a way that most people never experience. Yeah. No one is ever excited about going to a group mm -hmm. intensive, by the way. But once they go, that's exactly what they say. We've made four new couples that are our new best friends, right. and we're going to continue journeying and supporting each other down this road of marriage. Yeah. And it's amazing. I do these aftercare calls, so I, I get the privilege of talking to couples after they've finished a group intensive. And I love hearing mm. about how the individuals impact each other, even beyond the intensive, how they have group texts and they're checking on each other and encouraging each other. Yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing. And we we know when when you're struggling and hurting, maybe you're in that season, you're feeling helpless, hopeless. There's, you know, what could possibly help us turn around? I'm telling you, hope restored over 14,000 couples have gone through this. We see that about 80% of those couples two years later are still together. So God's yeah. just doing some amazing miracles. We've got a fantastic team of, of experienced marriage therapists who will help you get to this other place to really see your hope restored. So we'll put all of this in the show notes of how to get in touch with Hope Restored. Um, you can always go to hoperestored.com or give us a call. 
800, the letter A in the word family. 800 A family. Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A, and this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage. Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free, is our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us. Today's question comes from Katie, so let's listen to her voicemail. Hi, Greg and Erin. My name is Katie. I live in Canada, and I'm looking for some help on making my husband feel safe enough to open up and communicate. I get lots of indicators that he is stressed, but when I ask him what's wrong or what he's frustrated about, he emotionally shuts down. He's not able to, or willing to, I'm not sure what the issue is, elaborate on what's bothering him each individual time, so obviously I can't fulfill the role of helper. If I ask him for his opinion on something that isn't simple, like what do you want for supper, if it's anything more difficult than that, he there, there's no time for him to think. He immediately shuts down and can't process and can't share. So I don't know if there's something, Aaron, that you can tell me that I can do to make things better, or Greg, if there's some secret to making my husband feel safer and delaying that response. Thank you. Mm. Katie, I so appreciate your question. It sounds like it's frustrating and difficult because you're just wanting to connect and have that deeper level connection. Well, even the above the waterline connection. Um, And it sounds like your husband is having a hard time really coming out and meeting you there. Yeah. And this, you know, the reality, Katie, is this is hard for a lot of guys. This is not meant to be an excuse or to say so. Just take him as is and you'll never have these deep conversations. But I think it's good just to remember that this is really hard for a lot of guys. You know, we grow up really hearing the message about expressing our emotions or, you know, being vulnerable in that way, that that's a sign of weakness. I I know that for me, even a fear of rejection in the sense of, well, if I do open up, if I do share, you know, what's really going on for Aaron, maybe she'll see me as weak or incapable. And and there's kind of that fear of like, what will Aaron do with this information. Yeah, you know, just some guys just they're they're not verbally expressive. Mm-hmm. It's just that's not who they are and that can be frustrating I get for for a wife who's really longing because I imagine the guy who's not verbally expressive is certainly married, probably a wife who who is mm-hmm. and that they mm-hmm. can't connect around that. I know that that can can be so frustrating. Yeah, well, and oftentimes men, and this is a generalization, kind of stereotypically, which means an 80-20 rule, that sometimes men are not as verbally expressive as women. And again, they've been trained, they have fears. I would wonder, is there something going on in your husband's individual yard? And it's bringing it up at a time that you're not in the middle of a disagreement, 
not in the middle of why won't you answer me? I just asked you a simple question. At another time, doing this in a gentle, soft manner, really leaning in and going, okay, I'm just curious, no judgment. I'm just curious what happens for you when I ask you a question like, what do you want for dinner? Like, what what goes on for you? Why is that? I notice it's hard, but I might be misreading you, that it's hard for you to respond. Can you tell me what's going on? Tell me what's really going on inside or why? Because it may be that he's not able to express it verbally, or maybe there's something more going on inside just to really understand, to let him know, hey, I'm here with you. Whatever is going on, we're going to figure it out. We're going to work it through. Yeah, because honestly, even Aaron, within our marriage... You know, for for a long time, it seemed like the only time that we would have these deeper Mm -hmm. sort of conversations where we're now really talking about feelings and what was going on and why are you stressed that that was born out of conflict totally and so it's it's it was easy almost like a ptsd response yeah. to go if, you, if you're asking me that why is she asking me that is there a problem right is this going to go south very right. quickly well, we train each other that it's yeah. not safe then it's not safe to have these deeper level conversations because we bring it up in the middle of a cycle And, you know, we're both in fight or flight. We talked about that earlier. And it's just not going to go well ever. So it's going, okay, if I want to really lean in and understand, I've got to do that at a time outside of when it's happening. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, so we're both open, an open-hearted conversation, a gentle conversation, thinking of the scripture that talks about a gentle answer turns away wrath. So how how do you, Katie, influence this conversation, maybe even notifying him beforehand, like, hey, I really would like to have a conversation with you about something that I'm super curious about. When would be a good time? And and Katie, if I was coaching you, I like what Aaron's saying. So do this outside of a, I'm frustrated or we've had some conflict. But another thing, just just understand most guys, we, we hate to sit across from our wife knee to knee, looking at her deeply in the eye, talking about our emotions. Mm-hmm. This is most of it. We just don't like that, which is why, Aaron, I love it when you actually say, hey, let's go for a walk. And and there, there's something about being side by side versus face to face for yeah. a lot of guys. Yeah. It's just easier for me to open up when I'm not staring deeply into well, your eyes. Maybe this is me, but no, no I, I know that the that, research says I, that. I know that other guys. But it's also getting out of the house. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that changes the environment yeah. and conversations outside the house, especially if you're in public, are going to go better uh, because of just the social norm that typically people aren't screaming at each other in a restaurant. Yeah. Or if you're out on a walk, you know, just being influenced by the fresh air and the beauty of where you're walking yeah. can influence how the the conversation goes. Go for a drive, right? We have a good mm-hmm. friend that calls that windshield time. Yeah. And that's where they have these kinds of conversations. Again, you're now seated mm-hmm. side by side. You know, throw the football. You've done that with me yes. before. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. You know, we we've anytime that we get to go to the beach, because we live in Colorado, uh-huh. so we don't have that opportunity a lot. But when we do, there is just something about when you go, hey, let's go for a walk. Yeah. And we get into some of our best conversations totally. that probably aren't going to happen a lot at home. So, Katie, even think about that. And, you know, just, just also remember that, that it seems like most women can go very deeply, very quickly, uh-huh. kind of like 
a microwave oven where for, for guys around this type of emotional communication that, that we go slower. We're kind of like the right. crock pot <laughs> relationally, yeah. emotionally, you know, communication wise. And totally. just we're a little bit slower yeah. to warm up. So just that patience that, that you can give him and, and allow him to kind of at his pace begin to get into these things. Because Aaron, I know that frustrates you at times because right. you're like, hey, let's go. Let's let's get into this. Let's yes. get going. And I need some warm-up time. Yes. And even utilizing tools like a feelings wheel. Um, I know, Greg, you hate it when I pull that out. But I, don't I, hate it. I know that what I've experienced within counseling sessions that often men are like, I don't know what you're talking about. You want me to share my emotions. You want me to tell you what's happening, you know, deep inside of my heart. I don't know what that means. You know, you say, well, I've got this tool, this feelings wheel. And when you think about sharing, you know, when I ask you a question, tell me what you're feeling. You can pick words right off of here. And it, it's sweet in my office so often um, I'll ask somebody, specifically a male, you know, what are you feeling? And they're like, where's that thing? Give me that feelings wheel. And they they learn to... It's a great it tool. Just, it primes the pump sure does. for what am I feeling? And it gives the answers right there so they can be successful. And that's ultimately what, what helps is them knowing that I can do this and having a partner that's willing to walk with them to encourage along the way. Well, thanks to Katie for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage signed by Greg and I. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Learning to communicate and listen well are essential to a healthy marriage. So we hope we were able to give you some helpful tools to strengthen your relationship. Yeah, so be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage. You know, we want to see you grow spiritually, both as individuals and as a couple, so that you can invest in other couples to help them build thriving marriages. Happy New Year to all of our listeners, and we look forward to this next year of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage. Is your marriage holding on by a thread? For deep hurt, you need deep healing that only comes from the Lord. And you'll find it at a Focus on the Family Hope Restored Intensive in Michigan. Our licensed Christian counselors will help you and your spouse get to the root of your issues in just three to five days. And it works. 80% of the couples are still married two years after attending. Learn more at HopeRestored.com and talk with a trusted advisor. That's HopeRestored.com.